pick. Claire. Yes. What was it like using the Theta Cam? The Theta. Just t- tell me a little bit about your experience doing that. Yeah. So it was kind of strange. I think the one thing that's very weird about the Theta camera is that as you're filming the footage, you can't view it. So basically whatever comes out of the camera, it's a little bit of a fun surprise. I also, um, so there's two different modes. You can either film sort of like a panorama shot or you can film a 360 and you can switch between. And it's interesting to see the level of distortion kind of change between those two shots. So, I mean, I haven't seen the footage. I don't know what it looks like, but I would guess that if you're doing a close-up shot with a 360, it's kind of um, has a kind of fisheye effect um, because that's just sort of what it looked like to me. And then also, of course, if I'm filming in 360, um, I am on the other side. So if you just (laughs) scroll around to the other side of the footage, it's just me there filming. So uh, that's interesting. Hopefully that gets edited out in post. Uh, yeah. First of all, the footage looks great. It's really impressive. Um, it's it, the the feel of it is amazing. Um, the variety of shots that you got are really good. Um, but I want to know, like, when you're filming something like the dance, like, what's going on in your head? Yeah. So, um, I so basically the way that we were filming it. Obviously we had several cameras and I know uh, Atia was there and she had her normal camera that you can get some good wide shots with. And I figured, you know, the 360 camera is probably not going to be the best for a base level wide shot. So I was like, okay, well, what will look interesting in this sort of macro format? So I tried to focus on, you know, a lot of the dancers had like sort of limbs going out towards me. I thought that that would look kind of cool and get that sort of 3D effect. I figured that the 360 camera was more useful for details as opposed to uh, wider shots. So that was, I was trying to look for movement, look for cool details to capture. There was a lot of symmetry to what you, what you filmed. So it was really good. Um, what was, was there anything fun about that particular project or was it, was it a stress? No, it was fun. Um, I always like filming uh, dance stuff. I just think that that's, I mean, you, you get a free, ticket to see the dance which is always good um but also just being I mean we were pretty close to the dancers for some of it um and sort of like feeling their movement and like going with it um was kind of fun it was kind of like a free flow thing had you filmed anything like that you've never filmed a 360 before I've never filmed a 360 before the only time the only thing I did actually was kind of funny because my old job as an AV technician I worked for Jeff Herrick so uh, <laughs> uh, he normally we would just do the base level shot like from the audience forward. Um, so I'd, I'd never done anything like artsy with it before. So that was pretty cool. Cool. Thank you. That, that's, that's really helpful. We're just going to do like a, a two minute behind the scenes and Atia is going to record some stuff too. Cool. Um, yeah, just to, to get a feel of what, what happened. I've, and I want to use that footage where it's you on one side and the dancers on the other. Yeah. I think that would be fun as a behind the scenes. Cool. I want to know about the podcast. What you, <laughs> and everyone can speak in the into this. Um what is your heart about this podcast? Like what what do you really want to accomplish or capture? Yeah, I can speak on that. I mean, I think that we're trying to I think we're trying to kind of get like a picture of the campus as people are trying to navigate COVID. So we're really focusing on, yeah, I think trying to get some perspective on like different students who have kind of 
undertaken these like interesting projects or are doing something important on campus and like figuring out how they are continuing with that now that there's a pandemic. A lot of these people are readjusting like hobbies or passions or movements that they were already a part of to kind of be suited to like the current times. And there's other people who are kind of starting up these new things as a result of COVID. And it's just interesting to hear about how the campus community has been dealing with everything. I think it's a, it's a really good opportunity to showcase voices of students that you don't necessarily hear or highlight issues that are important, but, um, that are important, I guess. Um, but like we've had students on the podcast before, like one of our guests, Jamie, she's a photojournalism major at William & Mary. That's like pretty unique. That's something that you don't normally see. And I feel like having the perspective of somebody who she also runs her own business. So a student who's running her own business during COVID, that's a perspective that you don't necessarily get from, you know, other departments or anything like that. Um, Felicia we had on the show who's running the Black Lives Matter protests on Dog Street every week. I think that that's a, a unique perspective that you might not hear. And I think that this sort of broader scope of what students are learning during COVID-19 um, gives you the opportunity to touch on a variety of subjects that um, are underrepresented in the mainstream dialogue. There's also um, how what you mentioned, it's like almost like they're pivoting and innovating in a way, given the circumstances. Mm. Um, do you, what are some things that you've learned that where people are kind of adjusting and, and making a change uh, in, the, in how they learn or how they do things, how they run their business, how they, how they work in school? Just give us a feel of like what, what some of the stories are. Yeah, I mean, I think that like from our first episode, I thought that like Maddie had an interesting thing because she's like previously worked with NextGen and I think she's still working with them, but so much of their like registering people to vote and like helping to get out information about voting has to do with like in-person like canvassing or like, yeah, staying out on the terrace and like so many of those face-to-face -face interactions are just like not possible anymore. So she's been having to do so much over social media and kind of like personally taking the initiative to meet up with people in order to help them register to vote and get the information that they need, which I think is super interesting and also very like, it's clear that she like cares about this because she's taking a lot of her own time up to kind of make sure that she is still getting these resources out. Um, and then I also thought that Jamie had an interesting story just because she did start up this whole pandemic related project um, just to kind of showcase kind of her own version of what we're doing and like also reflect on how students are reacting to the pandemic. Yeah, I don't know. What do you yeah, think? I think a, a lot of the common veins are about these digital tools that have kind of pivoted from, like a lot of what people are talking about is like social media and how the students are using social media for their various projects, for their businesses, um, for social justice, social action. I think a lot of what has happened during the pandemic that we're kind of highlighting is that these tools that were once very much used for fun, like for Instagram to catch up with your friends are now pivoting to being used for um, 
business for uh, action for uh, more serious purposes. And, uh, you know, like with Jamie, we've seen that she's publicizing her photography project through Instagram. She's even taking photos through FaceTime. She's using these digital tools in a new and interesting way. Um, Felicia, same thing. She's publicizing these protests using social media, whereas normally you might have had some sort of like flyers on campus, something like that. She's using these digital tools to get her message out there. Um, and I think that's definitely been a common theme throughout all the episodes that we've done. That's brilliant. And just hearing these stories, really interesting how, like when COVID's over, I was thinking this morning, when it's all said and done and we like wake up and there's no need for a mask or there's a vaccine <laughs> or whatever, when we wake In up from this future. <laughs> kind of Wizard of Oz like nightmare, um, I wonder how much innovation we'll, we'll have seen that we didn't even know we weren't even conscious of. Um, and I think that the podcast is really helping to communicate what, how students are really interacting in these times and almost going ahead of the curve in, in some ways. Uh, they're, they're way ahead of the curve. So that's, that's brilliant. Um, do, you wanna, do you have anything to, to add to that? I completely agree. <laughs> 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 I think that this podcast is... Um, it has the opportunity to help people discover these voices that Claire was talking about through the same channels that we're trying to highlight, right? Like if, if we can get uh, an audience for this podcast from the William and Mary community, I think that those people are going to benefit from hearing from all of these voices that we can bring in and talk to. Um, and I think that is as precious as, as ever now that in you know the times of coronavirus, you can't exactly always hear what's happening on campus if you just go out to the Sadler Terrace. Cool. Well, thank you. That's, that's really great. That's exciting. And I'm look for, looking forward to hear the episodes and see how it goes. But thanks for doing it. Cool. Cool. Thank you. I would love, 